Hornet Heaven, Series 8, Episode 2, Till Death Us Do Join, written by Ollie Wicken, read by Colin Mace, Earth Season 2018-19. On Sunday, August 26th, 2018, Bill Mainwood, Hornet Heaven's Head of Programmes, was in the rookery end, watching the second half of Watford's Premier League home game with Crystal Palace. The fan in the seat next to him, a chirpy, blonde-haired 65-year-old called Sue, had got chatting to him. 42 years we were married down on Earth. That's nice. It's a wonderful thing when a married couple are both Watford fans. He promised to love and to cherish me, till death do us part. And he did exactly as he promised. Ah, oh, that's really lovely. Well, it was lovely, until death didn't part us, and we ended up stuck together in Hornet Heaven for the rest of eternity. <laughs> now he can't stand the sight of me. <laughs> Bill looked at Sue. He wasn't sure if she was joking or not. He suspected there was a painful truth behind her laughter. Oh dear. I'm very sorry if your marriage isn't what it was. Oh, these things happen. Excuse me, sweetheart. Go on, Olibas! Sting a crossing! Wait! It's 2-0 to the Orns. We live on top of the Premier League. I've never been happier. Sha la 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 Watford FC. Sha la 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 Watford FC. When the celebrations for Jose Holobas's goal were over, Bill returned to the subject. He never liked hearing a discord among Watford fans in their afterlife paradise, but marital discord particularly saddened him. He asked, Has your husband actually told you he can't stand the sight of you? A woman knows, sweetheart. It's the way Terry goes, Boo! Boo! Golly, things must be bad. What? Oh, no, sorry, darling. Wilfred Zaha just had the ball. Oh, I see. So, you were saying it's the way Terry goes? Goes to games on his own. Down on earth, sweetheart, we always went together. Well, that, that must have been nice. It was lovely, sweetheart, but... Sorry, do you mind if we don't talk about it now? I've got bigger fish to fry. Harry Hornet made you cry. Harry Hornet made you cry. Bill sat quietly for the rest of the game, wondering whether he should try and smooth things over between two Watford fans, or whether it was none of his business. He had to admit Sue didn't seem hugely upset about her relationship, on the surface at least. In fact, by the time the game reached the end of added time, she was bouncing around, repeating her claim that she'd never been happier. But as the final whistle blew, 
and Watford completed the third win of their 100% start to the season, Bills still felt unsettled that a husband and wife had become estranged in Hornet Heaven. It wasn't the way things were meant to be in an afterlife paradise. He got to his feet, determined to find a way to reconcile Sue and Terry. The next day, in search of ideas, Bill made his way to the southwest corner of the stadium to talk to Henry Grover, the man who founded Watford Rovers in 1881. Henry was in the 1881 movement's underground bunker, where Hornet Heaven's many items of historic memorabilia were stored. In the yellow-walled gloom, the father of the club had surrounded himself with various types of leisure wear that had been sold in the Hornet's shop over the years. He was reminiscing over vintage replica shirts, lifting them to his face and breathing deeply when he saw Bill enter. Ah! Ah-ha-ha! You probably think I was just, um, sniffing, um... Bill! Good to see you. Come and sit down, you splendid old thing. Were you at the game yesterday? We're third in the league after three wins from three games. I love winning. So do I, Henry. Even better, we actually won against Palace. Crystal Palace. Those pustules on the buttocks of the Premier League. I tell you, Bill, these are special times. Such happy days for hornets everywhere. Ah, but that's why I came to see you. Unfortunately, not every hornet is happy. But that's impossible, Bill. Even Jose Holabas smiled. Bill explained to Henry that the marriage of two Watford fans, Sue and Terry, appeared to be in trouble. I'd like to help them get back together again as a couple, but I can't think how. Well, why don't you just do what you usually do, old sport? Take them through the ancient turnstile to a few old games. One of my magical history tours, you mean? Exactly, old thing. Up here in Hornet Heaven, going back to watch a carefully themed selection of historic Watford matches seems to solve anyone's deep-seated psychological problems with remarkable consistency. But what theme would I choose? I don't know what the problem is between Sue and Terry. I don't know them well enough. I see. Well, do you know if they went to games together in the past? Yes, Sue said they did. Then, maybe to start out with, you could go and watch them at a few old games to understand the background to their relationship, a fact-finding mission. I see. But that wouldn't really be a magical history tour. No. I suppose it would be more of a... <laughs> a marital history tour. <laughs> By Jove! I'm rather pleased with that one, Bill. I'm really rather pleased with that one. Bill thought the idea of a fact-finding tour was a good one. So he headed off to look for Sue again, leaving Henry to resume inhaling the memories that a 1982 Iveco home shirt held for him. Ah, such happy days then. Such happy days now. 
Bill didn't see Sue again until the next day, Tuesday. She was in the atrium, chatting with a group of very happy Watford fans. Bill noticed she was leading the conversation and making most of the jokes. He waited until the conversation had run its course. Sue gave everyone a hug before she moved away. Then Bill approached her and said, Excuse me, Sue. Come here, darling. Give me a big Watford hug. Bill quickly removed his glasses. Oh, I... I, I oh! Ah, ah, oh! Golly, there, that didn't hurt, did it, gorgeous? You've got to share the love when the horns are level top of the league. Bill sensed the mood at the moment wasn't quite right to turn the conversation to matters of marital discord, but he felt he should. Look, Sue, I just wanted to say, after our chat at the game on Sunday, you know, about you and Terry... If I can be of any help in any way, no, sweetheart, I'm fine. Okay, but uh, if if anyone needs help, darling, it's him. There he is, over there. That's the man I married. Bill looked where Sue was pointing. A stocky man in his mid-sixties was sitting on one of the atrium's yellow leather sofas. He was scrutinising a programme very closely. Bill turned back to Sue, but she had already gone. She was hugging someone else. Bill went over to the sofa. He sat down and introduced himself to Terry. Terry eyed up the programme he was holding and said, Perfect bound, the programme these days. It's impressive but I've definitely got a soft spot for the 20-page two-staple configuration of the 1960s. Oh, a man who loves his programmes. <laughs> a man after my own heart. Mind you, the weight of the paper stock's an improvement. I reckon it's about 150 grams per square metre. Bill felt he was in the presence of a man who was overcompensating for something. He said, You're Terry, aren't you? I was chatting to your wife Sue yesterday, and... So, she don't appreciate programmes. She'll happily waltz through the ancient turnstile with one, but read it, digest it, savour it. No way. Well, I'm sure you must have a lot else in common. You've been Watford fans together as a married couple, for a great many years, I hear. Yeah. Well, Terry seemed unsettled by the subject matter. He started to blink erratically. Bill took a careful approach. You know, I always think that the friendships and relationships formed through a mutual love of Watford Football Club are very special. Did you and Sue originally meet at the football? Terry looked away from his programme for the first time. He looked down. Yeah. Home to Southport in 1958. Saturday, August 23rd. You remember the date? That's nice. 
It was first day of the season. The season we signed Cliff Alton. Start something special. In more ways than just the football, by the sound of it. Terry nodded his head. Bill said, I'd love to see the moment you met. Would you take me? Terry sniffled slightly and nodded again. Terry took Bill through the ancient turnstile to the August 1958 Southport game. They went to the southwest corner of the ground, the bend, as it was known. Bill noticed blackberries ripening on bushes at the back of the cinder banking. Yes, us. There. Bill looked where Terry was pointing. Between two sets of parents, an eight-year-old boy and an eight-year-old girl were standing on milk crates, holding on to the railings that surrounded the dog track. Ah, oh, sweet. Bill watched the two children. At first they ignored each other, but soon, bored of standing, they started playing chase over the cinder banking. They squealed with delight. The rest of the fans around them were enjoying watching Watford's 5-1 win. But little Terry and little Sue were in a whole world of happiness of their own. Terry wanted to show Bill more. They went to the 3-1 home win over Colchester United on Good Friday, March 27, 1964. Terry took Bill to the bend again, where they saw 14-year-old Sue and Terry standing a few yards away from their parents. George Harris is about to school for us. Watch what happens. I've been thinking about trying this for a long time. As George Harris's goal went in, the crowd roared. Teenage Sue jumped up and down. Teenage Terry jumped up and down next to her. He manoeuvred himself closer and put an arm around her shoulder. Heh, I was worried I might get a slap. Teenage Sue turned towards Teenage Terry, wrapped her arms around him and squeezed tight as they carried on bouncing. That's what got my hopes up, that we were more than just friends. Terry then took Bill to a home match against Scunthorpe on a floodlit Tuesday night in April 1966. He led Bill across the bend, up the side of the Shrodale stand and into the passageway behind. Bill saw 16-year-old Terry and 16-year-old Sue kissing in the shadows. They briefly stopped and looked up when the crowd roared to greet Stuart Scullion's goal. Then they carried on kissing. Well, there's no need to show me that sort of thing. Bill hadn't envisaged that a marital history tour might contain such sights. He worried about what else Terry might show him as the lovebirds got older. I think that's probably enough now. No, there's more to show you yet. You'll like the next one. Terry took Bill to the night Watford won promotion to Division 2 for the first time ever on April the 15th, 1969, at home to Plymouth Argyle. At the final whistle, the two visitors from Hornet Heaven chased after 19-year-old Sue and Terry 
as the couple ran jubilantly onto the muddy pitch, holding hands. But while thousands of other fans ran over to the main stand, young Terry guided young Sue towards the centre circle. On the centre spot, young Terry got down on one knee. Young Sue clasped her hand over her mouth. Terry asked. Sue said yes. Bill said, Oh, that's wonderful. Back in the atrium, Bill and Terry returned their programmes to the shelves. Bill said, You know, Terry, this tour really has struck a chord with me. For all the most significant events in my life, things like my wedding or the birth of my children, I remember who Watford were playing that week. Probably true for a lot of fans, that is. It's just like T.S. Eliot said about coffee spoons. I have measured out my life with football matches. T.S. Eliot? Who'd he play for? Never mind. And is your wife Sue the same? Does she connect key moments of your relationship to Watford games? When he heard the word wife, Terry started scrutinising the masthead on the front cover of the Plymouth programme he was still holding. I love this typography. Serifs on uppercase lettering. Bill tried again. You looked such soulmates at those games. I bet she is the same as you. I bet she dates significant events by Watford matches. Terry carried on staring at the typography on the programme masthead. He was blinking erratically again. I wouldn't know. I ain't a significant event in her life anymore. Bill patted Terry on the shoulder sympathetically. He could see it would be too painful for Terry to probe deeper into the problems that had developed in the marriage. He said, Let's take a break for now. Then he headed off to find Sue in the hope that she might show him more of their story. Bill didn't see Sue until the Thursday, two days later. She was on Occupation Road, and she greeted him with her usual hug. For a second or two, Bill wondered if your ribs can crack when you're not made of flesh and bone. Hello, sweetheart. I saw you met Terry earlier in the week. Yes, uh, we went to some old games. He's good company. Yes. With you, maybe. Ah, oh, look, I don't mean to pry or interfere, but I'm still wondering if I can be any help to the two of you, iron out any problems. It is what it is, darling. I've moved on. Times are too good as a Watford fan to dwell on the problems of the past. I don't want to think about Lawrence Bassini while we're level top of the Premier League and I don't want to think about Terry. Bill felt it was a little harsh to equate Terry with the most helmet-headed owner in Watford Football Club's history, but he let it go. He thought for a moment. He wanted to get Sue to take him to a game or two from later in her marriage to Terry, so he said, Maybe it's worth dwelling on the good times you shared. I mean, 
You were a married couple through the glory days under GT, weren't you? You must have enjoyed those together. Well, yes. I suppose we... Go on. What's your favourite match from that era? That's an easy one, sweetheart. West Brom at home in 1982, when we went top of the top division for the first time in our history. We were the best team in professional football. Now, that was a feeling. Golly, I love that match. In fact, why don't we go and watch it again right now? You and me. It's like you said to me the other day. You've got to share the love when the Orns are top of the league. Oh yes, this is going to be great. Thanks for reminding me of such wonderful memories. Bill gave Sue a huge hug. It went against all his natural instincts, but he wanted to make her feel she couldn't refuse. She didn't refuse. He led her up the slope to fetch the programmes for the West Brom game. Here we are, September the 11th, 1982. I was on the North East Terrace. Where were you watching from? There was only one place to be, sweetheart. Under the scoreboard. Great. Let's watch again from there. They made their way across the Vicarage Road Terrace. As they approached the scoreboard, Bill spotted 32-year-old Sue and Terry in the real-world crowd. They were wearing matching yellow Cortell jumpers they'd bought for £10.99 each from the Hornet shop on the Vicarage Road precinct. The jumpers had a motif on one breast that said, Watford, Division 1, 82-83. 32-year-old Sue was chatting to other people around them on the terrace, laughing and joking. 32-year-old Terry was studying his programme. Apart from the his and hers jumpers, Bill thought to himself, you wouldn't have known they were a couple. Bill and 65-year-old Sue stood and watched the match kick off. Bill said, West Brom was second in the table going into this game. There were no pushover. That's what felt so good in 1982, wasn't it, sweetheart? We were playing big teams, good teams, and beating them. No one expected us to be so high up in the league, but we totally deserve to be there. Sounds like you're describing the start of 2018-19. Sue nodded and smiled. They watched Watford set about West Brom with energy and efficiency. Ian Bolton and Kenny Jackett held strong at the back. Taylor and Lohman chased down every ball in midfield. Blissett ran at the visitors' defence. You know, you're right. 1982 and 2018 are the same, aren't they? Brilliant spirit and brilliant effort and a brilliant run of results. With everyone in football suddenly sitting up and taking notice of our little club. As the game continued, Bill kept an eye on 32-year-old Sue and Terry in the real world. He was interested to see they were standing closer together now. More like a couple. They stayed like that, he observed, until six minutes before half-time, when Luther put Watford one up. Suddenly they hugged each other, full on, just like they'd hugged as 14-year-olds on the bend in 1964. After that, for the rest of the half and during half-time, 
they held hands. Early in the second half, Les Taylor scored Watford's second. After more hugging, Terry pulled a transistor radio out of his bag. If other results go our way, we'll be top. We want Ipswich to stop Man United, and we want, blimey, this hurts to say, we want the filthy hatters to get something at Liverpool. <laughs> Come on, the dirty scumbags! Terry held up the transistor radio to his shoulder and they leaned their heads together above it, hungry for news from Old Trafford and Anfield. The news sounded good. On the pitch, Luther made it 3-0. Sue and Terry hugged again. When the final whistle went, they put their foreheads together, held each other's faces and kissed deeply. After a few moments, Terry stopped and said, I know it's only football, but am I allowed to say this is the best day of my life? Sue nodded and kissed him again. Moments later, the final scores came through. United hadn't scored enough goals against Ipswich and the Scummers had managed a 3-3 draw at Anfield. Watford were officially top of the league on goal difference. Terry yelled. He peeled off his yellow jumper and swung it around his head. Sue did the same with hers. The couple jumped up and down, swinging their sweaters lost to joy. In the parallel world of Hornet Heaven, Bill tapped 65-year-old Sue on the shoulder and pointed at the young husband and wife. Sue watched for a while. Then she said with a faint smile, Blimey. I'd forgotten. On the Friday, two days before the 2018 home match against Spurs, Bill was engrossed in work at his desk in the programme office. There was a knock on the door. In walked Sue and Terry. Hello, sweetheart. We've had a chat and we've come for your help. We both want to give our marriage another go, but our heads aren't in the right place. Things have been wrong for too long. We need someone to help us talk through our issues. We think you're just a bloke. Bill was delighted. He was about to invite them to sit down on the chairs across from his desk when he remembered his 13-year-old assistant, Derek Garston, was also in the room. It's OK, sir. Don't mind me, sir. I'll just sit quietly and listen, sir. It'll be good learning for me. When I get married, sir. Bill thought this was rather cute. A deceased 13-year-old expecting to find the girl of his dreams in an afterlife of mainly old men. But he decided a more private space was required. He asked Sue and Terry to bear with him while he found somewhere appropriate. The following morning, a Saturday, Bill invited Sue and Terry to sit down on two easy chairs he'd placed side by side opposite his own. Wasn't this place the Bill Mainwood programmer? Yeah. Then it was the Bill Mainwood man cave for a while, I think. Last time I looked, it was the Bill Mainwood tattoo parlour. Well, I've reclaimed it for more important purposes. Bill pointed to a yellow sign with red lettering that he hadn't yet had time to hang up on the outside of the hut. Welcome to the Bill Mainwood 
Marriage Guidance Hut. The three of them settled into their chairs. Bill asked Sue to talk about what she saw as the main issue in their marriage. Down on earth, Terry gave me the attention every wife wants from her husband. Oh, he was interested in programmes and badges and club crests and all that, but he kept it in check, kept it away from me. He always made me feel special when we were together. Up here, though, sweetheart, he's become obsessed. He's got access to every Watford programme ever. When he sees me, he glazes over. He's too busy thinking about the bloody typeface on a 1950s supporters club badge or something. Bill asked Terry to talk about how he saw things. Sue's always been an extrovert. She's great with people and football brought that out in her when we went to matches. She's amazing. She must have known everyone's names on the terraces around us for decades. Down on earth, I didn't mind. It was only once a week during the season that she'd be hugging other men. But up here, with non-stop football, she's hugging blokes all day, every day. It ain't right for her husband to have to watch his wife doing that. Bill listened. He noted that the problems had only started after Sue and Terry had died and entered a football-centric heaven, with no other aspects of life available to enrich their relationship. He asked more questions. He kept the atmosphere polite, positive and supportive. At the end of the session, he invited Sue and Terry to come back the next day for more discussion. As he showed them out of the hut, he said, Well, I don't know about you two, but I've definitely learned something from today. Different personalities get different things out of supporting a football club. For some people, sociability is important. Others engage with more intellectual or aesthetic aspects. Football fulfills fans in different ways, and that's fine. That's good. But we're husband and wife, sweetheart. We need to be compatible. Yeah. What if we can't get past our differences? Well, you did before, for 42 years. It's haunted heaven where you've run into trouble. Tomorrow we'll think about strategies for this particular environment. I'll see you back here in the morning. The next day, Sunday, the day of the Spurs game, Bill waited in the Bill Mainwood marriage guidance hut. He waited, and he waited, but Sue and Terry didn't turn up. Bill went off to look for them. He found them in the atrium. They were arguing. You just can't stop hugging other men, can you? I'm surprised you had your face out of a programme long enough to notice. Bill's marriage counselling seemed to have made things worse. Bill looked away. Apart from Sue and Terry, all the other Watford fans in the atrium were extremely happy, chatting excitedly about the afternoon's upcoming match against Spurs. Watford had started the season brilliantly. Their best top-flight start since 1982. And the winning run had brought a feel-good buzz to Hornet Heaven, just as it had to the land of the living. But Sue and Terry definitely weren't in a good place. Bill wished they could be as happy as everyone else in 2018, as happy as he'd seen them at the 1982 West Brom game. He stood and thought.
Since marital guidance didn't seem to be the answer, he wondered how else he could help the couple. Straight away, he had an idea. He left the atrium and went off to find Henry Grover. That afternoon, Bill, from a distance, watched Sue and Terry walk separately down Occupation Road with their programmes for the Spurs game. Bill had with him a plastic Hornet Shop carrier bag, but he was keeping it concealed beneath his jacket in case its bright yellow colour drew Sue and Terry's attention to him. He followed them through the ancient turnstile. The couple went to the Vicarage Road end, a family stand. They both headed for the same spot until they saw each other. They exchanged glares and moved to separate parts of the stand. Bill went and sat in the top row, where he could see them both. During the first half, Watford played well enough to contain a big six team made up of internationals from the recent World Cup finals. But eight minutes into the second half, the Orns conceded a scrappy own goal. Bill noticed Sue start chatting to fans around her and Terry get out his programme to read. On the pitch, though, Watford stepped up a gear, with Troy Deeney leading the way. Watford were irresistible. First, the ball hit the Spurs woodwork. Then, in the 69th minute, Troy equalised with a header from a Holobash free kick. The stadium erupted, and Bill seized the moment. He walked down the gangway to see Terry. He said, Terry, you didn't turn up for counselling this morning. I was hoping to help. Yeah, sorry. Things got a bit... I want you to go and stand behind the goal. Over there, halfway up. Eh? Why? Bill pulled the Hornet's shop bag out from under his jacket and lifted something from it. Just put this on go and stand where I sit. Terry did as he was told. Bill hid the bag again and went to see Sue. When she'd finished hugging most of the breath out of him, he wheezed, Can I borrow you, Sue, over here? Bill led Sue towards the section of the stand directly behind the goal at roughly the same height as the Vicarage Road school board used to be. As they approached, Sue saw Terry was there. She saw what he was wearing. Hey, where did Terry get that? I got one for you too. Exactly the same. Bill reached into his Hornet shop bag. He pulled out a yellow Cortell jumper with a motif on one breast that said, Watford, Division 1, 82-83. Sue took the jumper. She smiled. Well, this brings it all back, darling. Thank you. You deserve an even bigger hug. Come here. Bill stepped back. Think about it, Sue. Terry's looking. Pop the jumper on and let's watch the match from where you two used to stand together. A minute later, Sue and Terry were standing next to each other behind the Vicarage Road goal in his and hers jumpers, just like in 1982. Meanwhile, on the pitch, Watford were tearing into a big team, just like in 1982. As the crowd roared Watford on, Bill noticed that, 
Without taking their eyes off the football, Sue and Terry felt for each other's hand. They saw their fingers intertwine. Another minute later at the far end, Hollabash sent over a corner. Craig Cathcart ran onto the ball and smashed home a header. Bill watched Sue and Terry leap into each other's arms and hug. Exactly the same way he'd seen them do it in the land of the living 58 years ago and 36 years ago. Their differences, for now, were forgotten. They were united by the feeling that every Watford fan was feeling. For the rest of the match, Sue and Terry, in their matching yellow jumpers, stood with linked arms and sang the Hornets home. Cathcart and Cabaselli held strong at the back. Decore and Capu chased down every ball in midfield. Success ran at the visitors' defence. It really was like 1982 all over again. At the final whistle, the Watford fans in the real world and in Hornet Heaven yelled and screamed in triumph. They punched the air and bounced up and down. But not Sue and Terry. Sue and Terry did what they'd done at the West Brom game. They put their foreheads together, held each other's faces and kissed deeply. After a few moments, Terry stopped and said, I know it's only football, but am I allowed to say this is the best day of my afterlife? Sue nodded and kissed him again. The next day, Bill went back to his hut to tidy up. Stepping inside the red porter cabin, he saw the yellow sign for the Bill Mainwood marriage guidance hut that he hadn't got around to hanging up. He smiled. He wouldn't be needing that anymore. All he'd needed to help Sue and Terry were matching jumpers from Henry's stash of vintage leisure wear. As he tidied up, he thought again about what he'd learned over the past week. It was still true, he thought, that football fulfills fans of the same club in different ways. But it was also true that watching a winning team unites fans of the same club, no matter their different personalities, especially when the team plays with the organisation, commitment, skill and passion on show at Watford at the start of the 2018-19 season. Bill finished tidying. When he picked up the redundant yellow sign, he started to wonder what his hut should be used for next. He didn't know of any current problems in Hornet Heaven that his red porter cabin could help solve. Everything was going brilliantly for Watford fans at the moment. So brilliantly, in fact, that the winning start to the season had got some people wondering if the Orns could do a Leicester. Suddenly a thought occurred to Bill as to how the hut could be used. He said to himself, oh, <laughs> No, don't be a silly Billy. But he wanted to imagine it. Just for a moment. He turned the yellow sign over. Then he stared 
at its blank side and imagined, in red lettering, the name of a hut that in all probability wouldn't be needed in a few months' time. But he didn't half enjoy, just for a moment, the possibility that it might. <laughs> the Bill Mainwood Premier League Trophy Hut. <laughs> then he closed the door and left the hut to go and enjoy the international break. Two weeks during which Watford would be level top of the Premier League with a 100% record. Bill smiled at the prospect. International breaks usually felt like they went on for eternity, but with so many Watford fans so happy, he wouldn't mind at all if this one did. The End The next episode of Hornet Heaven will be Series 8, Episode 3. Hornet Heaven was created and written by Watford fan Ollie Wickham. It was read by Watford fan Colin Mace. It was produced by Watford fan John Mooney. Music by Watford fans Steve Joy and Jeff Wickham. <laughs>